everyone to a fabulous new whisper in the wings from stage whisper we are joined yet again by the neurodivergent new play series we're so excited to bring you another new work from them and joining us we have two incredible artists to speak to us about it we have the director abigail gabor and the playwright aubrey clyborne who are here to talk to us about their new work, Axioms. It's playing February 18th at 2 p.m. in person and live stream. And it's at Spit and Vigor's Black Box Theater at 115 McDougal Street. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting spitinvigor.com. As I mentioned, this is part of the Neurodivergent New Play series, which has been putting on some incredible shows so far in its series starting in the fall. And we are excited to welcome on our guests. So with that, let's welcome on Abigail and Aubrey. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much for having us. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, same. I am so excited to have the two of you here. We've already started things off before we started by having a beautiful spirited conversation. And I love that. I want to have you both back for an entire panel discussion about everything in the world. But we are here today to talk about this great new work, Axioms. And I want to start, Aubrey, with you, the playwright, and have you tell us a little bit about what this show is about. Yeah, so the sort of little synopsis we've, that I've been giving people is that the play is about an autistic mathematician, and she's had a fight with her best friend. So when we start, that that's the conflict that's already in motion. She's had this huge fight with her best friend, and she can't figure out how to fix it, how to make it better. And so she's using, throughout the play, she's using math to try to solve it. So we see all these different or she remembers all these different scenes from her life and she's going, hmm, how could I use some kind of mathematical principle in this social emotional situation? It's trying to create like a, a, a mathematical framework that she could use to solve the friendship. And ultimately she'll find that like, surprisingly, that doesn't work as well as she was hoping in the beginning. I love that. That's a wonderful story. I also love math, so I love that story. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> Sometimes I'll tell people about it, and they're just already intimidated. They're like, I, I, I hated math class. I never want to do another problem ever again. So it's, it's nice to talk to somebody who's not immediately afraid. I'm one of those weird theater people that, you know, outside of theater, I'm like, I do love a good math. I'm just saying. <laughs> Aubrey, how did you come up with the idea for this show? So I'm sure a lot of people's play stories start like this. I was in quarantine and I was so bored and so sad. And I had just graduated with my degree in acting and my minor in math. So I was like, okay, how can we put these things together into some kind of project? And initially I, that was like the whole thing. I was just gonna sort of do this abstract little experiment to see if I could write a math play, which over the past three years, I guess now, has turned into this whole larger story. And the, f the funny thing about that is that when I started the play, it was not going to be, it wasn't going to be an autism play. I was just writing, you know, how I thought that people think. So I've learned a whole lot about myself in the last three years, which has been a really fun and exciting journey to go on and has led me to lots of incredible 
theatrical con connections like the neurodivergent new play series, which I'm very excited to be a part of. So that's the story of how we got here. That is so wonderful. And speaking of the story of how we got here, I want to bring on our director, Abigail. And I'm curious to know, how did you come upon this work? So I saw on Facebook, I think that they were looking for directors for the Neurodivergent New Play series. And since I'm neurodivergent and I'm in theater, I was very interested in this opportunity. So I interviewed and I got selected for a directing slot. And then I was able to choose whichever of the plays I wanted to direct. And Axioms spoke to me because it writes about autism in a way that's authentic and not a stereotype. And it's just very engaging in the writing style. And I was immediately hooked on this script. I love that. Well, again, snowballing off of that, what has it been like developing this piece, Abigail? It's been really great, except that it's been hard having to have a pandemic because that leads to changes. Like I'd originally cast six actors and then one of them got COVID. I expected them to have a normal, normal, what is normal? I expected them to have a less severe case of COVID, but they ended up in the hospital and they were, so I ended up having to recast them because on day 12, they still had no voice and were hooked up to some sort of machines. So that was frustrating. So definitely having to develop it during a pandemic has made it challenging, but I was able to then realize I could double cast more roles and give it to one of my actors already in the place. So that worked out. But other than that, it's been really great to be able to work with other neurodivergent actors and bring this amazing script to life. Fantastic. Aubrey, what has it been like hearing your words get up on its feet and everything and developing the play as well? Well, it's interesting you should ask because I actually have not heard very much about this development process. I, I moved to Los Angeles a few months ago, so I'm not, I'm not there. I'm just going to show up on February 18th and see what has happened, which is really exciting for me because I, you know, when you're like the, when you're there in the development process, you're like sort of, you're intimately connected with it and you're like watching it grow. But when I'm, since I'm removed from the whole thing, I'm going to get the experience of like completely handing over this thing I've written and just like having to see what, how that gets interpreted with no input from me. So that's going to be really cool and exciting. And I cannot wait to see what Abigail has done with the script. I'm so excited. I've got my plane tickets. I cannot wait. That sounds so amazing. Oh. Yeah. That, I love that. I love just going in a blind that way. That's amazing. The other really exciting thing about this is that I, I happen to have another separate workshop that's happening on March 1st here in Los Angeles. And that one, that version has gone through like its own kind of development. Like I've been doing rewrites on that. So I'm getting to do these two kind of parallel development processes on the same play is going to be so interesting for me to get to then watch these readings back to back and see okay what worked in this one what worked in that one how can i merge those together what 
what do I learn from each of these very different processes? So I'm really, really thankful to be having both of those things so close together because I think it's going to be really valuable uh, for the play. I love that. I want to ask now, what is the message or thought that you two are hoping the audience will take away? And Aubrey, I'm going to start with you first on that. I don't know, because I feel like every time I sit down to work on this or do rewrites or whatever, it feels like it's about a different thing to me. Probably just because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so close to it that like, I see all the, all the things at once. When I started, I <laughs> truly, the message was, hey, math isn't scary. Math doesn't have to be <laughs> scary. <laughs> like this is, in some ways, this is my, my love letter to math. But I feel like I kind of have sort of two messages for two different audiences. And I don't know if that's like, okay, or I don't know, it's my play. But for, for one thing, and Abigail, I'd love to hear what you think about this. But like, if you're watching it as a, as a neurotypical audience member, I think there's going to be one potential message there just to be like, hey, this, this brain works differently from yours, but there's, it's still a brain with thoughts and feelings and processes that you may recognize, you know? And, but then if you're watching as a neurodivergent audience member, for me anyway, it has kind of another layer of, of like themes or whatever which is something about like love and relationships and friendships requiring risk. And not that that's like, you know, that's not only a message for neurodivergent people, but it has a special flavor if you're neurodivergent, which is just that like any human connection you wanna make is like a lot harder than it feels like it should be. And it's gonna require this huge level of risk and you have to do it anyway, because that's, that's part of, of being human and like, it's worth it, you know? So that's, those are kind of the two messages that I'm trying to work with at the same time. Those are beautiful. I love that though. That's wonderful. Thank you. Abigail is the director. What about you? What is the message or thought you're hoping audiences take away? Definitely for me, the autistics are humans too and we're not a stereotype that was the first thing that i identified with and wanted audience to receive was that we're fully thought out people and this autistic person in the script is a fully thought out human which for some reason a lot of people just think autistic people are robots or something so it was cool seeing so much character development in the autistic character and in all the characters in this script. And I feel like this play touches on so many themes of the autistic experience, like the feeling of loneliness, having trouble with friendships, but wanting friendships and just all these experiences we go through as autistic people. So that definitely really stood out to me. I love that. Some really fantastic messages coming out of this piece. My final question for this first part is who do you hope have access to Axioms? And Abigail, I'm going to stick with you first on this. Okay. So I think that I want both autistic and non-autistic people 
to have access because for autistic people, it makes us feel seen. It's like, oh, this person has a lot of the same feelings that I do. And for non-autistic people, I think it helps them better understand the autistic experience. And also both mathematicians and non-mathematicians. For example, my brother is very interested in math. So it would be interesting to see how his perspective of, is, of the play is different than I know. I'm not, I'm good with math, but I'm not as into it as he is. So I'm interested in seeing different people's takes on it. Oh, yeah, I that's love that. I love another math lover's interpretation of it. I, I'd like to sit with your brother and figure that out as well. <laughs> Aubrey, what about you? Who do you have access to axioms? Yeah, I I kind of think Abigail said everything I wanted to say. I, <laughs> you're so much better at talking than I am. Uh, you're better at talking, I feel like. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, we're both doing great. I, I actually, I love what you said about mathematicians and non-mathematicians, because <laughs> I have had in a couple previous, like, sort of informal readings of this, I've had mathematicians come up to me afterwards and be like, hey, that was great. I made some notes. Do you want the <laughs> Yes, please give me the notes. But yeah, just as you said, I, I, I mean, ideal, and as the playwright, you know, I want everyone to <laughs> I want everyone to see it, but I think you, I think you're right in that like it is meant to be both a play for autistic audiences and for every and for neuro neurotypical audiences as well. Yeah, and people with other neurodiversities besides autism. Totally, totally. That's the hope, anyway. Yes. <laughs>up for the second part of our interview we'd love to give our listeners a chance to get to know our guests a little bit more and i'm excited to pull the curtain back for our listeners on the two of you and just pick your brains a little bit more and i want to start by asking the two of you you know what or who inspires you what playwrights composers or shows have inspired you in the past or just some of your favorites and abigail can i start with you on that yeah so one of my favorite TV shows is called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and actually has a lot of themes in common with this play. And I see that Audley likes it too, which makes me so happy. It makes me so happy when I find other people who share my special interests. So yes, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is very relatable to me as a neurodivergent person because the character of Rebecca Bunch also struggles to fit in and both in this play, Axioms, and in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, there's, they both talk about how they wish there was a manual for how to be a human and how to act like a normal person, and that's so relatable. Uh, and how they feel like they were missing the day in school where we learned that manual, and that's just so relatable. Like, I feel like everyone else just got instructions on how to be a normal human, and I didn't, so that really makes me feel so seen. And also Rebecca Bunch, who's the main character, she also wonders if she's a good person and tr tries to convince herself she's a good person. And just this whole desire to be a good person and worry that you're a bad person is very relatable. And that's also a theme both in Axioms and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So I think that plays with themes like that and TV shows with themes like that really appeal to me 
due to my own history of feeling like I struggled to fit in and being bullied and being an outsider. That's a wonderful inspiration. But I oh my God. Aubrey, so what who inspires you? Oh my gosh. Okay. I, you sent that question ahead of time and I like had to sit down and make a list because I knew that if, if I tried to do this off the cuff, I would be like, I've never seen a play in my life. I remember nothing. <laughs> Don't know what's happening. <laughs> so I will not be able to sit here and pick favorites, but some of the like plays and things that sort of inspired me while working on this, the structure I completely stole from How I Learned to Drive. Thank you, Paula Vogel. Just absolutely lifted that structure because it's great. Fleabag? Like just for the vibes, for the like, you know, self-aware, self-referential, like, thing that she does. And also everything Fuller Bridge does is just like, teach me. I, I also wanted to shout out Light Switch by Dave Osmondson is another, is also featured in this play series, which I'm very excited about. He has a play called Light Switch that I walked into the drama bookshop one day and picked up and was like, oh my god! It's an autism play. There's, there's so few of them. So that was just really cool to be like, like, uh, yeah, you, I can write about this and it's fine. Like it's, it's fine. I can just write a play and it can be about autism and it does, that's, people do that. Sounds like a silly thing to say, but I don't know. It's, it's true. And on that same wavelength, all, I have friends in New York who go by the, the title of their partnership is They and Them, but separately they are Shane Dittmar and Sarah Kaufman. And they're this incredible musical theater writing team who I've worked with a couple of times on this great 10 minute musical called Velociraptor's Very Good Day, which is like the first project that I did where I was like, oh, I'm an autistic actor playing an autistic character. Cool. I can do that now. Like it was, it's, so like, and watching them work work with autism and work with autistic joy instead of it being like this is a disability story about how sad <laughs> it is to have a disability like it's just fun it was a lot of fun so those are those are some of the the things and people that inspired me as i was working on axioms i love that love that yeah. I want to ask the two of you, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? And Aubrey, I'm going to start with you first on that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I've been sort of in, you know, doing theater my whole life, you know, like school plays and then community theater. And then now I'm a, a grown up doing it for real, whatever that means. I think, I don't know. Well, theater people. I think are my favorite part of the theater. Like there's just something about people who choose to do this weird, messy, personal, ancient art form, like for their lives, for your one life that you get. Like that there's some kind of special spark in theater people that I, I, I'm always drawn to, I guess. And like, you know, it's, it's cliche, but the, the, the thing about theater that's different from film or TV or whatever else is that, like, you're there and it's in front of you and it's, you know, it's a, it's a hundred thousand years old, this thing that we do. And like, I don't know, I'm not expressing it any better than 
anyone has ever done it before. But that's <laughs> that's the thing that that keeps me is it's like it it can't be any more personal and and human than live theater. No, that's wonderful. I love that. <laughs> that is beautiful, Abigail. Yeah. What do you want? What is your favorite part about working in the theater? I'm glad you didn't ask me to go first because that's <laughs> such a common question that I'm always asked and it's so hard to put into words exactly how much theater means to me. But when you asked that, it made me think of a quote that I recently saw from the Arthur Miller Foundation on Instagram. The Arthur Miller Foundation is a foundation that promotes theater education and wants more certified theater teachers in New York City public schools. So it's giving me a partial scholarship to get my certification to teach theaters. So awesome. I'm following their Instagram and I recently saw a quote, which is also how I tend to describe why theater is important to me, but I think it was placed a little better than I phrase it. It was by Stephen Sondheim and it said, theater is a place where we can be whoever we want to be and it allows us to explore new aspects of ourselves. And that is basically it. It both allows me to try out different ways of being and play with it and also discover new things about myself at the same time. I love that. A beautiful quote. Also, congratulations on getting your teacher certification. That's well, I haven't gotten it yet. I'm in the process. Still, I mean, yes, for going for it. I mean, teacher's yeah. best investment in the future of theater. And so you, that the, oh, I... My heart and is cool. also here. I'm excited as an autistic and ADHD person to be going into this field because when I was growing up theater wasn't as inclusive for neurodivergent people and I hope to be better at including diversity of neurotypes and race and gender and diversity in general and I think as a neurodivergent person I have an interesting perspective and can help build a future theater education that's more inclusive and doesn't have the same discrimination that was pleasant when I was growing up. I love it. I love it. Oh, this is so wonderful. The two of you are just conquering the world in the best way. <laughs> well, we have now arrived at my favorite question to ask guests. And that, of course, is what is your favorite theater memory? Well, in middle school, I really loved being in my middle school musical in sixth grade we did once upon a mattress and i was in the ensemble and i loved how my director mr fritch had us all develop our backstories and ask what our backstories were and just put a lot of focus on how everybody on stage should be active and engaged in the play and how as ensemble you should be creating your own characters and just always being a part of the story and that really was exciting to me how we get to build the world of a, a play and he really helped show how everyone in a play contributes to it and made me now when I watch theater I always look at what the ensemble's doing and if the ensemble's just standing there looking bored and not having personality I'm very judgmental <laughs> <laughs> I love that memory. That's fantastic. Again, shout out to teachers. Shout out to teachers. But that is a wonderful memory. Thank you for sharing that. Aubrey, how about you? What is what is your favorite theater memory? Man, I 
I feel like whatever I say, I'm going to go away and then an hour later I'll be like, oh no, that's not, I had a different one. But the one I'll say for now is, is my favorite recent memory. I, I, I already talked, or I already mentioned the Velociraptor's Very Good Day, this 10 minute musical, which, so we, we did it at the San French Off-Off-Broadway Short Play Festival last year, and it won and was published. Shout out to Conklin. But <laughs> there's, so it's about this dinosaur on the day that the asteroid hits. And the first song happens, everyone's having a good time being dinosaurs, boom, asteroid, blackout, spotlight on the velociraptor, looking around, all alone. And then there's a piano chord and the velociraptor goes, my friends are dead. And the entire crowd lost their, <laughs> they were laughing so hard. And I was like, oh my God, cause I, I don't think of myself as like, a comedic actor, you know, but I was like, they're laughing at me in my little dinosaur hat and my dinosaur arms and my little dinosaur voice. I was like, this is the silliest I have ever been in my life and I am killing it. it was, everybody in the room was like, so on team Velociraptor. It, I was just like, Pure, pure sparkly joy. That's my favorite recent memory because it was just so much fun. I love that as well. I and, and listeners, you could not see, but the minute she described that and came out with the "My friends are dead," I literally started laughing. And then she led it with the, and the audience crashed up, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't. What else do you do in that moment?" I love that. Both of you, thank you for those amazing memories. Truly, those were awesome. Are there any other productions or projects that either of you have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? I think, Aubrey, you mentioned you had another reading or workshop happening. I do, yeah. So if any of you listeners are in California, <laughs> Caltech has a festival of science-themed plays every year called Mach 33. And this year, Axioms has been selected as one of their three stage readings, which I'm very excited about. So March 1st, Pasadena Playhouse, if anybody wants to come to California and see that, <laughs> that's the next thing for, for me. Well, that leads to my final question for the two of you, which is if our listeners would like more information about Axioms or about the two of you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do so? So on Instagram, the Neurodivergent New Play Series has an Instagram. I think it's at Neurodivergent Plays, but it could be, yeah, it's at Neurodivergent Plays. And then... You can also follow me on Instagram at Abigail under dash Gabor. And in my Instagram bio, I have a link tree. So that has links to my other socials as well. Yeah. And if you want to find me or more about me, I am, my website is AubreyClyburn.com or I am on Instagram at AubreyClyburn. You can spell my name. You can find me. <laughs> well, wonderful. Well, Abigail, Aubrey, thank you both so much so much for taking the time to speak with me today and share the wealth of knowledge and insight that you have. This has been just such a great conversation. I truly have valued it and loved it. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having us. This was really wonderful. And especially to get to talk to my director, Abigail, who I've not been able to talk to very much yet. So I'm so excited.
<laughs> so to meet the playwright. Going on. This was really great. We'll have to hang out when I get to New York. Yeah. <laughs> Stage Whisper, where we bring artists together. <laughs> <laughs> My guests today have been the amazing director, Abigail Gabor, and the playwright, Aubrey Clyborne, both who are creating the new work, Axioms, which is having a reading February 18th at 2 p.m. in person and live stream at Spit and Vigor's Black Box Theater, which is at 115 McDougal Street. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting spitandvigor.com. We also have some contact information for both of our incredible guests, as well as the series that this is part of, the Neurodivergent New Play series, which we'll be posting on our episode description, as well as on our social media posts. But make sure you either come on out in person down the McDougal Street or you are live streaming this incredible, incredible play being directed by Abigail Gabor and written by Aubrey Clyborne. Again, it's Axioms, February 18th at 2 p.m. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.